The following production is part of the We Be Geeks podcast collective. This podcast is brought to you in part by the Pop Insider. The Pop Insider has all the latest in news, merch reviews, and other geeky goodness. Whether you're a wizard, a Sith Lord, or a superhero, fuel your fandom at thepopinsider.com. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair... Sergeant, we need a response team. We're already putting together the best move. With all due respect, sir, so am I. I have a plan. <laughs> it's real! Mighty Marvel Geeks. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're, we're a time bomb. Well then, son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike, Kylan, and Eric. What a bunch of losers. I am cruel. That I did know. These people may be isolated, unbalanced even, but I believe with the right push, it can be exactly what you need. Suit up. I'm bringing the party to you. I have indeed been uploaded, gentlemen, online and ready. And welcome to another issue of Mighty Marvel Geeks. It is the Intrepid Trio, Kylan, Eric, and myself, Mike. And joining us this week is nobody. <laughs> it is just us. I think we had a great time with Sarah last week. It was we awesome. Did. We did. We did very much. So I, I've i gotten further <laughs> now that I have it on my iPod. I've gotten further with it. Um, and I thought I heard a miss with the recording. I thought I heard what sounded like might have been a psychiatrist going because it was like a male voice going. And, and then I realized it was probably a slip in the recording because she went right back to acting like it was in a she was still talking to a recording. Unless I haven't gotten that far yet to reveal that it, she's actually talking to like a psychiatrist or an interrogator or something. I haven't. Hmm. But I shall see as I keep going. I, I can't speak to that point. But I'm I'm loving this book. <laughs> I really am. <laughs> I was talking uh, to uh, my one of my my librarian friends and. She uh, put in a special request so, to make sure that her library was getting that book in, actually. Uh, right now, it's only an audiobook. Right. Well, I think uh, so. The part of the network that she's in, like, and it's weird because they're able to, the book, the, the library would have access to the book digitally. And so, like, if you're borrowing the book, you're still borrowing it from that library. But right. a digital copy of it. So yeah. Right. But right now it's only available audio. They have not released a written word version of it yet. Right. That may be coming. That's one of the things we were talking about uh, last week because you know Dooku came out as a uh, audio book first. You know that radio drama style, mm-hmm. and then 
um, later they released the, the script as an actual book so you could read along with the audio book. So was it still written like in prose form or was it written like a script? It's written like a script. I mean, okay. because the, the audio book is done like a radio drama, sort of like the right. old Hitchhiker's Guide. Okay. Or the NPR, uh, NPR dramas, the NPR Star Wars dramas. Right. So... Um, but speaking of which, let's go ahead and get into show, uh, coming from our fine friends over at the pop insider, uh, this is about a week or two old, but you know what? It's worth covering because we didn't cover it. We had guests for the last couple of weeks. Um, their latest Marvel story as of time of recording was, uh, Thomas Kincaid studios. You guys familiar with them? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they are featuring a Marvel line uh, of fine art and finer heroes. Uh, they are known for <laughs> their gorgeous art um, based on Disney and DC characters and is adding something new to the mix. And that's Marvel. Uh, Spider-Man versus the Sinister Six and Black Panther are two limited edition prints that are available on canvas and paper. Fans of the finer side can add them to their cart, but expect to pay anywhere between a Hundred and seventy five to two thousand fifty dollars. Two thousand fifty dollars. Two thousand fifty dollars. Twenty fifty. Do you know the way how to many, say? Yeah, that too. How many bars and I can tell you. But do you know how many years of Marvel Unlimited that will buy you? A lot. A lot. Oh. You you would be set at well, I won't say for the rest of your days, but pretty close. I mean <laughs> you it's sixty bucks a year. I'm okay oh, with that's the, good. I'm okay with the, the paper print versions of the, of his work. I, I'm perfectly fine with that. But I, I love how his art is, um, you know, dealing with light. Yes. And how that uh, what was it? If you shine the light behind it, you can you can see how it lights up the print. Mm-hmm. So um, the work looks amazing. Uh, the Black Panther print is quite awesome. Um, it's Black Panther battles Claw, but. Dora Milaje, but the Dora Milaje stand posed to fight. Uh, but the biggest thing that catches your eye is the gorgeous sunset. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, for those who are looking for something new in the uh, art realm, this is it. You, you know what I would love to see? I don't know if we would ever get this, but I would love to see Thomas Kincaid do re- reproduce the cover, of da- uh, the Daredevil cover, where uh, Bullseye is impaling uh, Electra <laughs> on on her side. I, I I don't know. That might be a little morbid. I don't know if we really want to see that on a big no framed. I, I don't know. I'm just saying. What about what about the wraparound cover of Avengers versus X Men? Oh, yeah. That would be... You know what I would love to see? The Infinity Gauntlet cover. Yeah. Giant size X-Men 100. That too? No, the Infinity Gauntlet. And he he lightens up the gauntlet just enough that when light does hit it through the back, it causes the gauntlet to glow. Okay. That'd be sweet. Well, coming to us from Marvel.com, Ant-Man and Wasp comes to Disney Plus next week. Booyah! Yep. So... Uh, still trying to pass time hanging around the house while we're dealing with the uh, virus that shall remain nameless. But don't forget, Scott Lang has already been there, done that. And now <laughs> you can relive his time at home because Ant-Man and the Wasp is coming to Disney Plus Friday, August 14th. 
Uh, and it picks up right after the events of Captain America's Civil War. That's right, it does. Uh, and Scott is under house arrest. Why? Because he went participating in the fight in Germany. <laughs> uh, however, after he has a vision of Janet Pym, who was thought to be lost in the quantum realm, Scott reteams with his former partners, Hope and Hank, in a race against time to keep the quantum realm out of the wrong hands. Man. So, uh, since we're talking about Disney+, Plus, uh, I'm going to jump. The rest of these stories all come from comicbook.com. Um, let's go... Disney CEO addresses if Black Widow could be released on Disney Plus like Mulan. Now, we know Mulan is coming to Disney Plus as premier access, releasing through through the streaming service, um, allowing you to pay $29.99 to watch the film um, while it's opening in select markets and theaters that are open. Um, of course, for that 30 bucks, it gives you unlimited access to the movie until its normal release date on Disney Plus. So it's like an unlimited video on demand. Right. For 30 bucks. Is that going to be for a month, three months, six months? Don't know. Could it be worth it? Maybe. But well, I mean, they're going to have to make money on it somehow. Right. So the question is, could Disney's other blockbusters also follow suit, including Black Widow? Uh, according to Bob Chapek, that may not be the case yet. Now, I'm going to stop there because I heard someone getting ready to say something. So let's open it up. <laughs> Okay, okay, that was me. Go for it. I, I honestly, honestly, I have to ask the question, are we seeing the end of traditional movie theaters as we know it? I don't think so, because that question was asked when the VHS tape came out, you know, that because there were some movies that or, or well, technically you had video disc, but then it died. Then the tape came in. Right. right. But we didn't have the virus that shall not be named uh, people going bonkers, ape poop over. And trying to force people to stay at their, in their house. Plus, we didn't have theaters releasing a movie and the studios releasing it on VHS or DVD at the same time. Well, actually, true. we kind of did, but those were the stinkers that they knew that they couldn't get any money out of the theaters from. That's true. Okay. Howard the Duck, I'm going to use this as the example. Howard the Duck in 86. Is it 86 or 89? 89. 86. Dude, that's your baby. I know, it's my baby, and I'm drawing blank on when it come, came out. Anyway, Howard the Duck did not release in the theater and release to the video stores or out on VHS at the same time. It came out in the theaters first, went a while, then came out on VHS. Because DVD wasn't available at that time yet. Yeah, right. and Kylan, I get your I, I get your argument. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying this is a different scenario. It is, and VHS was was released because, like Mike said, you're not having studios release your or, or pre, I guess premiere movies on a streaming service that were supposed to go into the theater. Now, is it Direct TV that I know when I'm at work? And we're watching TV on our break. They advertise watch the movie at the same time that it's releasing in the theater on DirecTV. Uh, uh, yeah, not not a fan of that. Um, and of course, you're you're paying for that opportunity. Yeah, it, that's what we're starting to do now with with the streaming. Yeah. 
and and I get the 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 mindset of the people that are cheering this for Mulan because if you're like a family of four or five whatever and you know going to the theater is more expensive than this than thirty bucks would yes then yes it is but I would also counter that a movie theater experience is not the same as sitting on your couch right no it's not no uh, it's it is what what they call opportunity cost. Mm-hmm. Okay. And now, on the other hand, you have some places like the, uh, I'm going to use a local uh, local example, have the Alabama Theater. The Alabama Theater does not do first-run movies. Right. They don't do new releases. This is a place that it, it makes its bread and butter showing classic movies. And this is an old theater. It's, like, it's built in like the 1920s. So it's got that old... <laughs> I, I laugh every time I look because I expect to see Statler and Waldorf sitting in the mezzanine. It's It's got <laughs> that look to it. And so you can go there and watch, you know, Gone with the Wind or Casablanca or, uh, you know, White Christmas or what was very popular for, for several years. I don't know if they still do it or not. You did the original silent version of Phantom of the Opera. Right. And they have a fully restored Wurlitzer organ that, you know, they make a show out of it where they're playing along with it and the whole nine yards. So I think I think there is a niche, you know, if nothing else, a niche for movie theaters. But I'm just wondering, like AMC or uh, any other chain of theaters, you know, how do you how do you weather this? How do you come back from this? Because it seems that, you know, the movie studios are just going like, well, screw it. We'll just put it on our streaming because pretty much every studio has a streaming now. Right. You know, I think I think that what we what I think what we're seeing is sort of like, OK, you know, we're, we we see a reaction to what's going on. But it to me is sort of like when um, when Kindle came out mm-hmm. and people and, and people have been saying ever since the 80s, print is dead. And but yet, you know, in the 90s, there was this bookstores became popular again. Everybody wanted to read. And that, not that was a bad thing. That was an awesome thing. And you and you kind of still starting to see that now. Like, you know, we, we still have brick and mortar bookstores and you still have people that regardless of how convenient it is to just download the book and they'll put it on your tablet or to pull it up on your phone, it's not the same as to 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 paraphrase what spot what what Kirk said in um, believe it was in Star Trek Five. It's not the same as there's something about holding that book in your hand. There's something about that experience, and that's true about the theater as well. It doesn't matter how many times I've seen A New Hope at home. It's not the same as watching the Death Star explode when you're in the theater. Uh, and that's true. That, and that that would be true for Endgame, that final battle. Yeah. Regardless, regardless, you can have the biggest flat screen hanging up on your wall. It's not the same as sitting in the theater, surround sound, that big old screen larger than life. And I think that I think that maybe we we will have just this moment where 
people are wanting to hole up in their houses and it's more convenient. Da, da, da. But eventually, once we figure out what the new normal is and the theaters that are still around and surviving, and I hope that they are. Yeah, I, I know for me personally, as soon as it's safe to do so, I will be back in the theater because I need that experience. I need to walk in and get hit in the face with the smell of popcorn. I, I, I want to sit in my comfy seat. I want to kick back and watch something that's larger than life on the screen. And I believe that others want to do that as well. I get the reason that they would want to, that they're talking about releasing Mulan. Uh, I know there's a huge demand for it. But I, I still think that it's a temporary thing. I don't, I don't believe that it's going to become... It may be part of the new normal, but it's not going to be the new normal, if that makes sense. It does. I hope you're right. I, I really hope you're right, because I don't want to see movie theaters fall. I, I don't either. I, I really don't. There's, I mean, when you're on, when we were on countdown for pretty much every Marvel movie, I looked forward to, I, I, I looked forward to getting my ticket. Now, true, I bought my ticket online. But it was still, you know, because, yeah. you know, you know, because I work for a living and I, you know, I can't just you know, justify standing in line for a ticket. But I still looked forward to that movie experience. I think the majority of people do. I think that what I, I, I don't know, I, I, I that's why I'm hoping that, and yeah. that's why I believe. So but I get your point. And I get your concern. I'm there with you. You know, okay, well, I mean, I, I, will, I will play devil's advocate. Mm hmm. I'm not a person partially because I work opening weekends. I I am I am not opposed to paying for it opening weekend and watching it at home. Is if it's a Marvel franchise, if it's a Star Wars franchise, there's a very good chance I'm going to be turning around on my days off going to the theater and watching it in the theater as well okay. for that theater experience. But I would love to be able to watch it opening weekend and be able to talk about it on Monday with co-workers at work and if that means I'm watching it at home cool because no one's asking me well, what'd you think of the sound in the theater we're talking about the film itself what'd you think of this scene what'd you think of that scene yada 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 I, right. I get you I get you there is there's not one scenario that is going to work for everyone right and I, I will say this there is nothing to compare there's no comparison to that feeling where you sit down in the theater and the lights go down mm -hmm. and the and the movie starts up. Right. I mean, un unless you've got your kid or your spouse or you know, a roommate or whatever with right by the light switch just as you hit play. Yeah, that's not going to happen. And and that's true. It's uh, I don't know. I I. I I don't know I I I can I can see both sides of it, but I be honest with you, I'm just a movie person. I, I I love the theater. I love the whole experience of it. Yeah, and I I miss it. That's I. There's two things about this about this pandemic that I've that I really miss when it comes to the things I had in my life before. I miss live blues. Okay. And I miss movie theaters. Those are, I mean, well, I, I mean, outside of missing, you know, seeing my friends and that sort of thing. Yeah. yeah, I miss, yeah. But as far as experiences go, live music and movie theaters. I miss that. Well, I tell you what I miss, and I'll just sum this up. I'm a hugger. I will straight up go up to somebody I hadn't seen in a while in the middle of a crowded area. I will hug the crap out of them. <laughs> 
I'll attest to that. First time we ever met, it was a handshake that turned into a hug. Really? I love that. Before celebration. Yeah. 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 Before first day so of celebration. Mean, yeah. So does it mean I need to prepare myself? I'm going to hug you, man. <laughs> Well, dude, I, I'm a hugger too, so it's all good. <laughs> no, I'm. I'm saying there's a lot of things about about this pandemic that that we miss, and I, I don't know if we'll ever really truly have a normal like we did before. No, I, mean, I can't but, say that. But either. I do hope that going back to the movies is part of it. And I know it sounds like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth here, because I. I haven't been to many movies lately, mm-hmm. even before this. I mean, it's like if it wasn't a Marvel movie or a Star Wars movie, chances are I didn't go see it. And what would I do? I would wait until it comes out on D- on DVD, Blu-ray, or streaming. Right. right. Now, as for the, the, the Mulan, I'm not going to pay 30 extra bucks just to get to see Mulan on Disney Plus, you know, a few months before it comes out regular. Mm-hmm. But that's that's just me. Right. I'm just I'm if I'm going to pay to go see a movie, I'm either going to get it on video or I'm going to the theater. Right. But then I don't have I don't have three, four kids. I don't have a spouse. It's just paying for me and Mac and it's doesn't get that expensive. Right. Yeah. But I seem to think we tried to start off with a with a Marvel tie-in on this, but <laughs> we tangented hey, more tangents it? than a high school geometry class. I'm telling you, that's us. I have no clue what you're talking about. <laughs> but no, it, it's it is great discussion because here's the deal: the fans are demanding Black Widow's release on Disney Plus after Milan's news. No. Yes. I no uh, proceed with the story, but I I have some feelings about that, but you go ahead and go. I am as shocked as Captain Renault was to find gambling going on in Rick's American Cafe. <laughs> okay. And if y'all don't know that reference, go <laughs> sit your butt down and watch Casablanca. Yes. One of the best movies ever made, and that's one of the best scenes out of it. So mm-hmm. on Tuesday, um, as we know, the announcement of Mulan making its debut on Disney was talked about and tangented on because Mulan you know, could Dark Black Widow end up the same way. Um, is going to be part of a PVOD, paid video on demand. Um, even though Disney was adamant that this was a one-time thing that they're doing for the platform, it's got gotten fans wondering what about what's next. Well. With a slew of other Disney releases also having been delayed, i.e. Black Widow, since this is a Marvel show, we're going to talk about that. Um, Black Widow may arrive with it with this $30 price tag. Uh, according to Disney, though, this is a one-time release, but hope that they learn from its potential successes. Uh, Question's going to be, what's well, going to be considered a, a potential success? Anyway. Mm-mm. Um, mm. <laughs> right now, Black Widow is currently scheduled to debut in theaters November 6th. Mm-hmm. Um, Chapik is saying Mulan is a one-off, uh, according to the, what he said on the company's investor call. That said, we will find it, we find it very interesting to be able to take a new offering to customers that it, at that twenty nine ninety nine price and learn from it and see what happens, not only in terms of the uptick in the number of subscribers we got on the platform, but also the number of transactions we get on that PVOD offering. 
So, uh, go ahead. Eric, you want to go first or me? Um, I, I mean, Disney is going to do what works for Disney. And Marvel is going to do what works for Marvel. Mm-hmm. I think... I'm not in favor of doing this. I really am not. Mm-mm. But but the reality, the, the the inconvenient truth, quote unquote, is that Disney has taken a pounding from not having their parks open. Yeah. And, and pretty much, you know, all of their, all corporations under their umbrella have taken hits to one degree or another. Mm-hmm. Disney has taken... Uh- in the last quarter, a $3.75 billion hit. Okay. So in it, seeing that, in light of that, I see Disney doing as... I don't want to call this the safest route, mm-hmm. but it's 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 kind of like when a uh, pro athlete negotiates with the, with their team for the most guaranteed money. Right. I see this is this this is going to happen. I hate this. I hope I am wrong, but I think you're going to see more situations like this. And it's it may not be at twenty nine ninety nine. You know, they say, well, you know, people just wasn't doing it at twenty nine ninety nine. So let's let's try twenty four ninety nine or nineteen ninety nine. But I think I think Chapek was just trying to you know to cushion the blow a little bit, saying, well, we'll see what happens. We'll we'll learn from this. I, I, you know what? Here's the thing. And that this is the thing I was thinking about is I understand. You no, know, you, you got to look at the bottom line. Mm-hmm. But do you sacrifice? Do, do you diminish your brand in, in, in favor of the bottom line? I, saying that what they're doing with Mulan is a one-time thing. Okay, yeah, I get it. Uh, you know, and it's, it's sort of like, you know, sort of like, you know, maybe that exclusive Ashcan edition or whatever. Okay, fine, you know, it's a one-time thing. But if it becomes the norm, I, 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 I think that what happens is you risk diminishing the brand. Okay. With that, that experience with a Marvel movie, uh, that, that, that premium movie experience should be in the theaters. Now, these are extraordinary times. True. But if what is a one-time thing or an experiment risks becoming the norm, you diminish... You, you you diminish your brand is what happens, right? I, that's what I think, and I, I and so I, I think that what because this is still a temporary situation. True, it's a wow. Where are we at now? Let's see. Was this thing started in March? So we're okay. So we're a five month temporary situation, and it may be longer than that. But if what we're doing now at month five changes to become a norm, and let's say twelve. Let's say 12 months from now, when this is behind us or it starts to be a fading memory and we're still doing it, how do we justify going back to that when it's no longer a a business savvy move? Yeah, you know I, mean, I mean, I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. Mm-hmm. At the same time, and just to to go to you know to call back to early part of uh, our conversation this evening, mm-hmm. when studios were doing direct to video releases, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, has I, I will ask, has that cheapened the experience? 
Now, okay. granted, this is not this, and I put this out earlier too. I said this is not apples and oranges because usually the direct-to-video stuff was were movies that were not expected to do well. Right. It was it was a lower budget, you know, and you kind of you you had a certain expectation when they when they came to that. Now, mind you, there. Streaming movies have don't necessarily have that expectation because I uh, this this weekend uh, or or was it this weekend? Yeah, this weekend I watched uh, the Old Guard and I was looking forward to seeing the Old Guard. It felt like it should have been a theatrical release, and I don't know if that was the intent because this is a Netflix movie. But um, that being said, it is still it, it, it they're still in your mind. And we all can admit it in one way or another that if you're if you find out a movie is going uh, is going straight to no is is going straight to streaming, you think about that and you think about a movie that is a theatrical release. Now it doesn't matter if the movie that is the going straight to streaming is five stars and and, and amazing in every way possible. Or the movie that went straight to uh, the the movie that was a theatrical release is I don't know. Let's call it the Fantastic Flop. Okay, okay. let's say that. <laughs> so thing- do you think? Uh, it, let me just jump in here. Do you okay. think the Fantastic Flop would have been more well received if it had not tried to go into theatrical release, but rather just straight to Netflix or other streaming? Maybe slightly, because I think people would have been a little more forgiving. People, you're a little bit more forgiving of the flaws if it goes straight to streaming, in my opinion. Now, there may be people out there who are connoisseurs or what have you. And so they hold a they hold a higher standard to everything. But I would say you're you, you're a little bit more forgiving of a movie if there are flaws when it goes straight to streaming as opposed to it going to uh, a theatrical release. Because in your mind, at least in some way, you get the message that this has been vetted, it's gone through editing, it has this certain level of quality. So yeah, I'm there. I'm looking forward to seeing it. And then you know. So I, I would think now, now, mind you, that's the perception. Now you sit down and watch Fantastic Flop, which I still have not done and I don't plan on it. But you you sit down and you watch that and you're like, oh, my goodness, this is terrible. Or you go and you watch you, you watch, say, Six Underground, which is another awesome streaming movie on the service that begins with Nin. That's said before, but whatever. And you're like. This should have been in the theater. Now, and it's just that you know you get wild by the quality of it. Now that does that's also to say that Netflix puts movie puts like major theatrical release effort in its movies uh, and a series wherever it does. It's putting that level of effort in there. So eventually, you start to if you see the end on that on wherever that property is, you start to expect that. But if you didn't see the in on it and you know that it was a that it was going straight to streaming suddenly you're thinking okay well something is maybe there's a reason why it didn't go straight to theaters and you know i'm okay because i'm just here 
for I got two hours to burn, so I'm just going to watch this and just relax. You know? So so let me put this question to both of y'all. Mm-hmm. Do you think some of this pushback about the possibility of, well, the certainty of Mulan that was supposed to go to theaters coming to streaming instead mm-hmm. and the potential of Black Widow, which was supposed which is supposed to come out on in theaters mm-hmm. going to streaming instead. Do you think that there's a do you think that the perceived letdown of going essentially the syndrome of going straight to video? Mm-hmm. Do you think that's factoring into any of this? I think when it comes to Mulan, okay. I have to be careful how I word this, but I think when it comes to Mulan, we okay, we all know that the biggest audience or the biggest movie uh, going audience outside of the U.S. is China. Mm-hmm. OK, now that and there and there's a lot of consideration that goes into when a movie is being filmed. How is it going to play there? Which is the reason why they changed uh, certain um, uh, locations in Doctor Strange mm-hmm. because because it wouldn't play well in in China. So right. the thing is, you had the movie going public in China that a lot of them are subscribing to Disney Plus. So the question is, do we wait until it's okay to go into theaters to watch this, or do we, you know, since we have people chomping at the bit, do we give them this? And let's try and make something off of this instead of waiting and risking the anticipation dying down, so to speak. You know what I mean? It's sort of like, and I think that that's what's going on here is that it's definitely more business driven. And I don't, I think that in this particular case, it's not because of the the worry of any worry about the quality of the movie or anything like that. But it's more about we don't want to lose the anticipation. So let's give them this and let's hope that we, if we give them this, that you no, know, we're still going to get those digital sales. We're still going to get those blue sales and maybe we'll increase our market share when it comes to uh, subscribers to Disney Plus for because we're extending this. And that's the reason why I think that's the other reason why they're pointing out that this is a one-time thing. I'm guessing. I could be wrong, but that's my guess to it. So I I question because there was a lot of a lot of heat on Milan back when it was supposed to come out, what, back in March, April? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um a lot of people were upset over the fact that there's no songs from the movie. It's just going to be instrumentals. It's all instrumentals in the background. No actual singing from what I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no Mushu. There's no Creaky. There's no Little Brother. There's none of the things that people enjoyed from the animated film in this mm-hmm. film, except for the human characters. Would this be a bad time to mention this is the first of the Disney live action reboots I've had actual any interest in seeing? No, it's not. Okay. Because this is a different take of the legend. Mm-hmm. This is almost a Disney trying to emulate a Marvel movie. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I'm taking it as uh, Disney does Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. I, and I'm excited. That's probably even better. I, and I, I'm, I, I have to admit, like, I, I've seen... 
I've seen uh, let me see how many live actions have there been because I know I've seen. Uh, oh wait, I'm sorry, I didn't say that. There's been Jungle Book. I, I saw it. that Jungle Book. Sleeping Beauty. I mean, not Sleeping Beauty. Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast. Cinderella. Cinderella. Maleficent. Did not see it. Not see it. Technically, <laughs> Maleficent. Lion King. How are we? How are we missing Lion King? Lion King. Well, I was just getting to it. Lion oh, yeah, King. Lightning, lightning. Saw it, saw it. Okay, Dumbo. Are you, yeah, Dumbo. We tried to Lady and Dumbo. the Tramp. That's yeah, but the that was one of those that went straight to to streaming. Still right. live action. Now, are you going to count the one hundred and one Dalmatians live action? That's a, that should count. No, should count because that prepaid that predated all these others by a good long while. And Confession Time, I absolutely loved that version. I think I saw that one. Confession time when we went to go see it, I fell asleep in the theater. <laughs> you fell asleep while Dr. House and the Weasley dad were getting outsmarted by a bunch of puppies and raccoons. Yes, because I have been up almost 18, 20 hours straight. Okay, you get a pass. Mm. But please tell me you have watched it oh, awake. Yeah. I, I've, I've watched it awake. Okay. I, I have watched it awake. Okay. So, um, I don't know. I mean, it's amazing. This is taking up most of the time on the on this issue. I, I know. This was supposed to be like a little throwaway. It was. Story, and here we are. But, no, I think this is, it, it's it's a question because well, people say, well, I, I turned into a, to listen to him talk about Marvel, not freaking Disney. Well, you know, this is going to have an impact on the MCU because if this does well, if the Mulan experiment, quote unquote experiment, goes well, then you bet your bippy you're going to see Black Widow follow suit. And I, I would not be surprised that the next batch of, of Marvel movies follow suit. Thor, was it Love and Hammers or Love and Thunder? Love and Thunder, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, expect to see that come out as a bonus one-time viewing purchase thingy. Well, with Disney pushing everything back a year, which would be the first time the Avatar movies have been pushed back, and it's not James Cameron's fault. (laughs) Mike, Mike coming off the top rope. (laughs) Come off the top rope and... Too far. See, Kylan, you and me have been doing most of the talking, but when when Mike gets in a word in edgewise, but he, he... he he makes it count. He <laughs> Mike came in with the foreign yeah. object. I leave it. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, snap into a slim jim. Slim Jim James Cameron with Avatar. Yeah. Oh, don't call me brother, brother. <laughs> Listen here, brother. Don't call me brother, call me mother. I think that came out totally wrong. I think that did, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's bottom line. No, anyway. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, what was it you were going to say, Kylan? Uh, it doesn't matter what you're going to say. <laughs> this is a Marvel show, and we're going to talk Marvel. <laughs> no, you didn't. I for it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Agents of oh, S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> We are next week, two-hour season finale, series finale. Series finale. Series, season and series finale. Man. Man. Uh, 
I, I I've been no, I have not. I will say I I'm I'm saving yesterday's episode for uh watching it. But I, I would have watched it by this time tomorrow night. Uh, but I have been watching this religiously, and I want the trade of this. Somebody needs to put this into a trade. I'm serious as a heart attack, or a game, or both. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, um, as it's coming to an end. We saw last week the death of Daisy's mother in 1983, not in 2014, 2015, or no, 2015, 2016, when it actually happened. Um, we're pretty sure that officially, um, yeah, and considering Daisy did not blip out of existence, we're pretty sure that officially meant the show was playing the Avengers Endgame's time travel rules. So the new timeline theory was confirmed and left characters wondering if the original time if the original timeline is still out there. This episode also ended with some bad news for Shield. For those who haven't seen, I could spoil if you want, or I could wait. You proceed. Proceed. Well, I need to find my clip. And that clip is oh. Spoiler alert. The Chronicoms show up and take out every shield base ranging from the hub to the Triskillion. Mm. Now, we've known for a while that the Triskillion would blow up at the hands of the Chrom- at, at the hands of the Chromacons, but seeing them take out all of the shield all of the shield was a definite shock. Mm. This does leave a lot of questions. What will the team be able to salvage in this timeline? Is Shield gone for good? Does the original timeline still exist? Can they get back to it? With the series coming to an end next week, we can only assume that these questions will soon be answered. Um, if the team does manage to save the day, there's still unsettling warning from Enoch that this will be their last mission together. Well, of course it will be. It's the end of the series. Yeah. Okay. Um, so whether or not the entire team will be done with S.H.I.E.L.D. or when and, or where and when the core characters end up is anyone's guesses, but we have faith that the series is coming to a satisfying conclusion. And how about we finally saw Fitz back. Sweet. And we okay. still don't know if he's alive or dead. Okay. All right, we done? Yeah. Okay. All right. Come, come on, Kyle. You can come back. Come on. Come on. Yeah, yeah. All right. It's safe now. Thank you, guys. You're awesome. We we, we didn't say anything about Cap showing up <laughs> on the on this episode. You know, they already kind of hinted at Cap, and so I, I, I keep waiting for I, – I, am I – if Marvel loved me, if they did, Steve Rogers would show up next week. I'm just saying. Steve and Nick Fury. I'm just saying. Yeah. Heck, you know what? You bring in uh, Black Widow and uh, Hawkeye, too. Well, and you know what? Since there's a question of the timeline, I think it, I think Steve Rogers needs to be Chris Pratt in the Captain America costume. Oh, my God. <laughs> Well, you know, in a timeline somewhere, Chris Pratt or Star-Lord is Captain America in some weird timeline somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and this, I really do hope that this does, that the end game and the ramifications to the timeline give us all, gives us more options for these alternate, alternate dimensions, alternate Earths, because we are 616. Yep. So, okay, that's the comics one. I would like to see more. You know what I would really love to see? The Captain Britain Corps. Oh, dude. Yeah. Like we have seen in Excalibur. Yes. Where you just have all these different 
different versions. Like where they do the cross time caper early on in the Excalibur, uh, the orig- the volume one Excalibur. Mm-hmm. And you see like one where, you know, the, uh, you know, Europe is the untamed wilderness and the 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 new world is like the the established civilization. So you've got Captain Britain is like a Western person or a, you know, one where it, I would hate to see this actually come to pass. But there's one dimension where the super villains and the superheroes went to war with one another mm-hmm. and the 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 normal the governments said okay well y'all do it and y'all just fight amongst yourselves well dr doom used an antimatter bomb to take out the headquarters of both the avengers and the fantastic four so oh. new york is a crater 5 miles across and wow. london london is one of the few cities still left Okay, I can see so, Doom doing that though. Yeah, I mean you could you totally see it doing it. But you just have all these different incarnations of Captain Britain. Maybe you could see all these different variations of Captain America too. Yeah, yeah. That would be a great way to bring back Jeff Mace. Oh, dude. What one of the awesome nods to Cap that they did in Agents of Shield. And he was so totally underused. Uh yeah, yeah. Man, He's, Jeff Mace deserved better. I'm just saying. Yeah. He did. He did. Yep. So, well, one final story. As Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is closing, over 500 props and costumes are going up for auction over at thepropstore.com. Uh, preview galleries are available now. Additional preview galleries focusing on each of the seven seasons will be made available every Friday starting August 14th. Hey, same day Ant-Man and Wasp is coming to Disney+. Plus. Uh, lots span across each season, including items from many of the characters who originated from the series and others who make appearances from the broader MCU or pages of Marvel Comics. So... Also, too, Prop Store is offering a free chance to win a production-used Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. cast chairback and one of four S.H.I.E.L.D. or Hydra production-made patches to five winners who register for the auction. Okay, big question here. Uh-huh. How much is Lola? Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, dude. I don't know I'll if Lola's in here. Model. I'll even take the little model that Mac made to try to get the Coulson to let him work on the real version. Mm-hmm. Uh, Max Shotgun Axe is on here. Really? How much is that? Well, what's the uh, start at? It doesn't say. It's just a preview. I get, I get the feeling if you have to ask, you can't afford it. Uh, the Light Up Shield badge of Coulson's is on here as well. That's just in the highlights. Jeffrey Mace's The Patriot Stunt costume is in here. Oh. Yep, yep, yep. So, um, on that note... Here are the picks of the week. So, Eric, why don't you start us off? Okay. Um... I am going to start off this week with Hawkeye Freefall number five by Matthew Rosenberg, Otto Schmidt, and Kim Jacinto. Hawkeye's relationship to Ronan has even his friends turning against him. He's been lying about a lot of things, but you can't lie to Captain America. Meanwhile, his war with the Hood is beginning to spin out of control as the people close to him are put in real danger. Having to deal with the hood was bad enough, but now Clint finds himself in the sights of another former Hawkeye. No, not her. Enter Bullseye. Okay. Uh, So my first pick of the week is a trade. It is Hellstrom trade paperback Evil Origins. Uh, 
from hell he came. Exorcist Damon Hellstrom has a secret. By night, he is the son of Satan, golden trident in hand, and pentagram on his chest. Hellstrom is out to confront his evil father. But will he make it to make it? Will he make the scene in time to save Johnny Blaze, the Flaming Skull Ghost Rider? Experience Hellstrom's early exploits, including his uncanny origin, his demonic battles against Satan himself, and even his first clash with his sister, the succubus called Satana. Plus, as Hellstrom finds a place for himself on Marvel's wildest non-team, the Defenders, he falls for Patsy Walker, the fittingly named Hellcat. But can romance blossom for a man with a soul as dark as Hellstrom's? Collecting Ghost Rider numbers 1 and 2 from 1973, Marvel Spotlight number 12 and 13 and 24 from 1971, Son of Satan number 8 and Defenders uh, numbers 92 and 120 through 121 from the 1972 series. Okay. Well, my first pick is Spider-Ham Trade Paperback. Apocalypse Now. Not a daydream. Not a hoax. Not an imaginary tale. Peter Porker, the spectacular Spider-Ham, returns to the pages with his very own series. As if the swiney superhero's recent adventures across the various dimensions of the Spider-Verse weren't enough, Spider-Ham now finds himself jumping through time. And accompanied by Spider-Man, the human version, no less. Uh, it's the human, porking, arachnoid Marvel team-up you've been waiting for. But can Ham and Man prevent the horrors of Apocalypse now? What threat could be so dangerous, so deadly, that it imperils the Marvel Multiverse Piggy Protector? And even his cartoonish resistance to injury find out in one of the wildest adventures the Spider-Verse has ever seen. Collecting Spider-Ham 1 through 5. When I saw that on the list, I didn't even check to see if you had gotten it. I knew you had gotten it. (laughs) Well, this is true. Okay, so my second pick of the week is Revenge of Cosmic Ghost Rider number five of five by Dennis Hopeless Hallam and Scott Hepburn. Cosmic Ghost Rider launches a one-man war as Camney's soul is dragged to hell. But as Cosmic Ghost Rider battles through the underworld to save her, he'll discover that there's something more dangerous than damnation lurking in the inferno. Don't miss out as the explosive creative team of Dennis Hopeless Hallam and Scott Hepburn raise hell in this epic series finale. Okay. I'm seeing a theme running in our picks so far this this week. Kylan. So my second pick is a trade paperback. It is Heroes Reborn, Captain America. And this is a new printing. Uh, in 1996, the hottest creators of the day teamed up to reimagine and reinvigorate, because that's a word, Marvel's greatest heroes. The Avengers and Fantastic Four were reborn with bold new looks on a brave new world. Their origins re-envisioned with a raw vitality and contemporary sensibility. Steve Rogers seemed to have found the life of his dreams. But when the Red Skull returns, can Captain America reawaken to protect a whole new generation? Cap must stave off a nuclear nightmare with the help of Nick Fury, the Falcon, and Ricky Barnes, the spectacular all-new Bucky. But can Cap face the truth of his past and stand up to the insidious Sons of the Serpent? Guest starring the mighty Avengers, this is collecting Captain America uh, 1 through 12 from 1996, Fantastic Four number 12 from 1996, 
Avengers number 12 from 1996, Iron Man number 12 from 1996, and material from Heroes Reborn number one half. Okay. Well, my second pick is Darth Vader number four. Who hunts the hunter? Darth Vader continues his terrifying quest for vengeance against everyone who hid existence of his son from him. But on Naboo, the Dark Lord of the Sith faces a deadly new challenge as his focus turns from Luke to Padme, the wife of the man Vader used to be, and what secret lies in the tomb of Padme Amidala. So back over to you, Eric. Okay, my third pick for this week, third and final pick, regular pick, is Marvel Masterworks Fantastic Four Hardcover Volume 22. And I know, yes, there's a uh, there's a pretty good price tag on this one, but trust me, it's worth it. Because master storyteller John Byrne's groundbreaking Fantastic Four run continues. From a mysterious Wakandan adventure to the chilling return of Galactus, Byrne orchestrates epic adventures that capture the spirit of what makes the Fantastic Four Marvel's greatest super team. Each issue explores the essence of these beloved characters while also putting them in extremely unexpected places. Like side-by-side with Doctor Doom in a battle for Latveria, Byrne also recognizes the power of Sue Richards, has changes in store for Nova and the Thing, and returns to the X-Men for a supersized 250th issue extravaganza. Plus, John Byrne's Silver Surfer collaboration with Stan Lee, an alternate universe exploration of a Fantastic Four without superpowers, and a rare story spotlighting Mr. Fantastic. Now, this is collecting Fantastic Four numbers 241 through 250, Silver Surfer number one, and material from What If number 36, and Marvel Fanfare number two. Okay. Kylan. Uh, number three is another trade paperback. <laughs> it's fun. Uh, so this one is Captain Marvel, mini, the mini lives of Carol Danvers. Uh, she has one of comics' most richly varied careers, both in and out of costume. Carol Danvers has been a U.S. Air Force pilot, an undercover agent, and a NASA security chief. But after meeting Cree warrior Marvell, she gained incredible powers of her own, becoming Ms. Marvel. She soon joined the Avengers, but later took to outer space as the cosmic binary. Years later, a new name, Warbird, accompanied Carol's return to Earth, Smidious Heroes, and her later position as a government-appointed agent. But at last, Carol Danvers has embraced her legacy and now flies higher and faster as Captain Marvel, collecting Marvel superheroes number 13 from 1967, Ms. Marvel number 1 from 1977, uh, and that's also including number 19 as well, uh, uh, Avengers numbers 183 through 84 from the 1963 series, Uncanny X-Men number 164 from 1980s. 81's Uncanny series, Logan's Shadow Society, uh, Avengers 1998 number 4, Iron Man 19, uh, from 1998 series number 85, Ms. Marvel numbers 32 through 33, which is from the 2006 series, and Captain Marvel number 1 from 2012. That was a lot. <laughs> well, I'm about to take all that on as well. My final pick is Star Wars Action Figure Variant Covers number 1. 
Get the ultimate Star Wars action figure collection in one single giant-sized comic book. As a child, John Tyler Christopher, we know that dude, spent his days playing Luke Skywalker, playing with Luke Skywalker, Darth Vader, and his beloved Boba Fett. As an adult, Christopher has spent the last five years drawing the greatest heroes and villains of the galaxy far, far away in a stellar series of action figure variant covers to Marvel Star Wars titles, which have become as sought after among fans as the original toys. Now, almost a hundred of Christopher's covers featuring everyone from Akbar to Zuckus will be assembled in their full-size glory in this instant collector's item issue. And if you don't have, and you don't even have to agonize over taking them out of the box. So, I can't wait. <laughs> That's another one. That's another one. I didn't even have to look to see if you got it. <laughs> exactly. So, Eric, uh, if we can quickly, final or our MU picks. Okay, my MU pick goes back 22 years to Star Wars A New Hope. But I know you're thinking, no, that came out in the midst in the uh, 77. Well, yes, but Star Wars A New Hope manga digital comic came out in 1998. So that's what this is, the number one issue. Actually, I'd recommend the whole thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Kylan. Uh, my MU pick is uh, Power Man and Iron Fist, number 74. Uh, the writer is Joe Duffy. The penciler is Carrie Gamble. And the uh, cover artist is Frank Miller. Uh, the ninja has been successfully stealing all pieces of amulets worn by the Sons of the Tiger in order to bring the Jade Tiger to life. I think they got paid by the word for that one. Yeah. Well, my final, my MU pick is Punisher 2099 from Volume 3, Number 1. Uh, the future has arrived, but the world but world peace certainly hasn't. In fact, the streets of Nuva, New York, Nuva, York more crime-ridden than ever, who will rise up to defend the vulnerable population of the corruption? From corruption. Looks like it's up to Punisher 2099 to clean up the block. The only question is, who's behind the mask? Don't miss out on your glimpse into the future from rising stars, Lonnie Nadler and Zach Thompson. So, any final thoughts? No, um, no, I'm yeah. just, uh, thought it out. Eric? What I said. Okay. On that note, there's only one thing left to say. Say, Thursday, if you would, please. No sign of unusual brain activity. Uh, I don't think that's what she said. Not that she's wrong. Oops. Uh, can we try again? All wrapped up here, sir. Will there be anything else? Nope. Just time to go dark. <laughs> Preparing to power down and begin diagnostics.